there's nothing better than having some good turkey din din and watching some football. Hello, football fans. This is the CBFA Podcast with your regular Shouldice Park field announcers, Grant Pollock and Cole Fortner. I'm James Parks. Let's get to it. Today, our usual Shouldice Park announcers are not here. They're absent. They're gone. They've, they've gone away somewhere. Filling in today, and probably again next week too. Michael Quaz and Daniel Barker Tremblay. Hello, Michael. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Doing pretty good, thanks. Excellent. For tonight, we're uh, we're joined by the president of the CBFA, Bill Monks. He's got some exciting plans coming up for the CBFA. Perfect. Can't wait to hear them. Well, I don't know if they're that exciting. Holy cow, now you're putting me on the spot. Uh, it's been, I think it's been a pretty exciting season. In the, in the, I mean, I have watched games back in, I guess, 2013 and 2014, and, and then again in the last two years. And now this year is actually my, my first year, first season that I've been watching with no skin in the game, so to speak, no, no, uh, um, no child playing. And so it's a really different perspective. And, uh, and I find it, it's actually one of the better seasons that I remember. I mean, there's, there's definitely a few lopsided games, but the, the score doesn't always tell the, the whole story on a game. You can see, a you know, you can see some huge victories for some of the, I guess the the weaker teams, um, the fact that you know the the Chiefs are putting points on the board now. Um, I think they may have gone through a couple of seasons where where they they had a difficult time to to get a first down, and now you see them actually putting a series together, a couple of series together, and then and uh, you know and scoring against their opponents. So th- that's a huge win for for some of our programs. Grant Pollock, and as you heard on some of the earlier podcasts, was uh, talking about some of the plays they were making um, uh, in that Eagles game. He, he mentioned that uh, they had a fake punt that uh, that went for uh, a big gain first down. Yeah, yeah, it's it's little things like that, and I think that that Chris Chris Bailey, who's the head coach for the the Chiefs, I mean he's put a he's put a lot of. Uh, you can tell he's put a lot of his heart into that team and, and he's got a great uh, group of coaches with him and, and you can see the results, the, the effort that they put through is beginning to pay off. And, you know, they're in a very um, lean area in terms of draw. They, most of the kids in, in uh, Chestermere are hockey kids. And so they're, they're competing with, with hockey to get kids out to play football. And you know you 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 definitely uh, want to have uh, a good range of size when you when you have a football team, and I think he's just been been doing a phenomenal job for the the Bantam League. Welcome, Daniel. How's it going? 
It's going really, really good. Really, really good. Good stuff. Well, um, we were just uh, talking with Bill Monks here, and uh, Michael has also joined us. So um, it seems that uh, um, you saw most of the action on Saturday. Is that right? That is correct. Yes, I did. Why don't you tell us about uh, some of the games you saw there? Well, considering that um, the second, third, and fourth games that I saw, the second game for me probably was one of my favorites for a few reasons. One, because actually the third game was actually the third uh, with one of my favorites because of the fact that when it started off, it was just a back and forth action between, if I remember Hilltoppers correctly. Hilltoppers and Wildcats? The the Hilltoppers and the Wildcats, yeah. And so basically what I thought the outcome was going to be was was that we were going to have a tie game. That was what I thought was going to happen because it, it that the pace like that for a game like that where you don't know what the outcome is going to be, it's uh it's it's awesome to see that as a spectacle in itself. And because considering the games that I've commentated over, they've been either blowouts or I've saw I've saw a conceded game in Pee-wee, but <laughs> um other than that, it's it's been uh that that by far was probably one of my favorite games to watch, especially at, at a field like Hellard. It was it was a spectacle. The fans were into the game, and uh most importantly, it was just uh you know, it, it was just back and forth. You know, you had everything in the middle from, uh, you know, refs versus the players, sometimes refs versus the coaches, and not to mention, it was just it was just a beautiful symphony of just pure football energy, and I I, I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was amazing. So it was a good game. And I, and I think if anything, because at that one point in the game, I was like, I swear at a kickoff, if I see a kickoff touchdown, I I'm gonna jump out of this <laughs> out of this booth and start screaming because that in itself it was good. So yeah, good, kudos to the Hilltoppers and kudos to the Wildcats. They put on one heck of a show, and I can't wait for them to clash yet again down the road. Right on. Yeah, that was uh, that was a tight one, right down to the wire. The Wildcats. Uh, mm. Scored a couple in the second half to pull away, but that was that was a very well contested game. Mm. And in the other two, um, the first the first game that I was able to commentate for, uh, in my opinion, there was a lot like oh, actually, and I'm thinking the second game now the the quarterback for for that team. Uh, let's see if I can remember correctly. That- it was for the. Is that the Eagles or the Raiders? I think it was the, yeah, the Raiders. The Raiders quarterback, holy smokes, throwing perfect dots downfield. And uh, Cohen Bonnet. Yeah, Cohen Bonnet, yeah. Yeah, Cohen Bonnet. That, that, that guy, like without any hesitation, it's like he, it's like the way he moves on the field is just without any, you know, sense of second thought. He just moves like it's free motion and he just knows where to pick his spots. And, uh, I think if I was ever, you know, a, a spectator that was looking for a new quarterback for a team and within the CBFA, heck, even within, you know, college and university, that's my guy I would pick right there because the guy could throw long distance passes and, you know, 
some of them he's actually hit pretty well that I've noticed even commentating on Cohen Bonnet. And sometimes you're looking and just how it's almost like it's in slow motion when he throws that long distance pass and next thing you know, it turns into a touchdown pass and it's crazy. Um, it'd be, it'd be quite the show to see. I, I, in my opinion, I think if anything with him, I think he can possibly uh, with the right plays, of course, uh, made by his coach. I think that team could be in the finals within the CBFA for sure. So, yeah. I think the if I just can jump in the the Raider Eagle game was probably was probably um, could be what we would be watching in the city final between those two teams. Both of them, both of their quarterbacks are phenomenal, mm-hmm. and uh, um, the the Eagles the Eagles quarterback Leaper is is. Uh, quite a quarterback as well but that doesn't that certainly doesn't exclude other there's other kids in the in the league that uh that are playing great at quarterback as well yeah and 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 i know we're not supposed to have favorites but aaron oboe holy smokes ever since i've been commentating for the cbfa that guy oh that guy knows how to put on a show and when he wants to go for a touchdown you just you can just see it on the field right then and there it's, uh, you know, when you go, when you do a shoulder pass there, uh, you know, a short pass to the left or the right side from a quarterback from his team there. Um, man, I've seen, I've seen quite, a, quite a bit of a cut. He, he makes a highlight reel for sure. <laughs> Mr. Aaron Oboe. So, yeah. Um, but besides who's, who's him. Who is he with? What team's he on? Aaron Oboe. I think he's with the Hilltoppers, I do believe. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Oboe. And uh, he is Oh man, like well, I remember the first time I saw him, I think he was one of the guys that uh, when I was asked, who who do you think the MVP player should be? And I said right away, Aaron Obo. And the recipient I got was, oh, he got it last time. So I have to go with someone else. <laughs> but I was like, dang, really? Like this guy just got a, like a kickoff touchdown in one of the games early August. And I was like, man, this guy knows how to put on a show. Like once he kicks it into second gear, it's just right then and there. He knows how to, he knows how to deliver for sure. Um, but yeah, other than that, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, you know, the next season here, the CBFA going into the semifinals, quarterfinals and uh, the final itself, that would be a spectacle to see for sure. Most likely. So, yeah. So, um, Bill, uh, I, I had reached out to, um, Melissa hoping that she could join us tonight as well, but she unfortunately is, is, really busy but uh we we knew that already um do you know uh with uh you know the current covid situation being so shady um what the provincial finals might look like well the the provincial finals are planned uh to take place here in calgary um what how they will uh how they're structured and i'm is our our two Division One uh, finalists will progress on to the the provincial semifinal, um, and then if they if they win those, the the game will be held in Calgary. And if either one of them win um, in the semifinal, the provincial will be held in Calgary. And at this at this point, um, you know the various. Uh, measures that are in place are not impacting outdoor programming. Uh, so, so it's, it's business as usual for, for football. 
Um, so we would expect to see the provincials. I believe it's on. Um, I'm going to look at my calendar oh, here. I've got the the playoff schedule right here. We've got uh, October 30th for the uh, Division Three final, um, yeah. and Division Two and One finals, all the city finals. Yeah. And then November sixth yeah, so would be Tier One provincial semis. That's right. Yeah. Tier Three provincial final, and then November thirteenth is the Tier One provincial final. That's right. Yeah. And so that's uh, that'll 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 go as planned unless uh, something further comes up that would uh, would shut down outdoor sports. So we're keeping our fingers crossed that we can turn this thing around collectively. Yeah, I think so. I think that I think that it definitely got away on on everybody, and um, you know nobody's very happy with uh, with the measures that are in place. And um, I guess we, I, I I imagine for those kids that are that are playing hockey or indoor lacrosse or indoor soccer right now there's an awful lot of stress on them in order to, to get in to actually play their, their game, you know, and, and, you know, one of the, one of the thrills um, of any youth sport is the parent involvement. And uh, you know, there, there very well could be a number of parents that are, are being restricted uh, to go and see their kids playing, playing sports indoors. And that's, a, it's a real shame that we're at that situation. And so I think that, I think everybody's very, very thoughtful about uh, what's going on on the other side of, of sport. And uh, we're very, very grateful and thankful that that football has not been impacted. And, you know, that being said, we're, we're, we're making a real plea to our spectators you know, to use some good judgment when they're out in the stands and in the washrooms and, you know, in the facility, we've uh, put together a few points, um, you know, to try and reduce the congestion in the, in the uh, uh, common areas of the stadiums, uh, asking them to leave the stadium right away. You know, if they're in a situation where they're just in a great big crowded group, we're asking them to put a mask on. It doesn't matter if you're outside or not. And uh, so far, you know, we we've been watching the situation and and uh, people are have really responded well. Like we don't have big groups bunching up in the in the, the bleachers. Um, you know the 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 most congested time is the game transition and and people are leaving the sta stadium and um, you know you don't see the teams all gathering at the end of the at a, the end of a game. Uh, so we're pretty happy with with the help that the, the, the families and the parents um, have provided because, you know, it, it, like last year, we really needed everybody to be on side. And I think everybody is, is very engaged in seeing the season through. It's honestly a good feeling just to have something like that back again, you know, and uh, with the pandemic going on uh, continuously, right. In a way, the CBFA, in my opinion, is uh, for both parents and, of course, the kids that are uh, performing on the field and us as the staff as well, is that it allows us to just have that escape, you know, just to forget about what's going on in the world and just football is just 
there in its prime focus. And I think for the betterment for all of us, it's just, it's doing wonders, honestly, for myself, it's doing wonders. And, you know, seeing the kids when they celebrate and when, before they get onto the field, they're doing their, you know, their chants on the, on the sidelines before they run out there and the game commences when lose or draw, you know, it's, it's the energy that you just, you know, it's almost like we never left. And uh, that's the most important thing about all of that is uh, that, you know, just like when, you know, the flames, now they opened up the the preseason, right. There's, there's people going to hockey games now and all that stuff. And I think if anything, we're all happy to be in in that kind of environment yet once again. Yeah. I think I got to like feed off that one from Daniel as well, as it just kind of, brings life kind of back to normal um kind of just you know gets people back into like their normal life routine this way and um you know especially for the kids like I played hockey my whole life and just kind of getting back with like your friends and stuff back doing what you love to do it kind of just brings a little bit of like normalcy back to life again yeah that's uh been good for my mental health um a couple of things uh we've got going on Bill, uh, you sent some emails today. Uh, the Pink Sock Initiative. Right. So every year, and this started uh, some time ago, actually. I mean, well before my my time. Um, I remember I remember when my oldest son was playing, and I would imagine that would have been 20, um, we'll say 2012. It was it was in place at that time as well, but um, it's really a recognition of, uh, of of cancer, and this has become something very widespread through um, well through football. I mean, even at the professional level, the CFL level. I mean, you see them wearing wearing pink. This is a this is a big two week period of of recognition to bring awareness to um, to all all forms of cancer. And uh, the CBFA, in conjunction with the teams, we we uh, um, we make a donation. A, you know, it's a it's a modest donation, but I think that that in the context of of something like this, every little bit helps. And uh, you know, we 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 uh, we ask the teams for a three hundred dollar donation, and we the league matches that donation, and we present um, thirty. I, uh, my if if my math's right, thirty six hundred dollars. Uh, to the, the the cancer foundation um, and that'll take place this coming Saturday I think at 11 o'clock if I'm not mistaken but I could be off I've been known to get my time wrong uh, if it's not I'm looking at your email right now so uh, the in between after the Cowboys and Stampeders game uh, which goes at 11 a.m and prior to uh, the Mavericks Colts game Right. Okay. So it'll be just probably about 12, 12, 30, one o'clock in, in between that. Right. So that's, yeah, that presentation will be on October 9th, the second Saturday. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's the October 2nd and 9th games that uh, the, the, the kids will be wearing pink socks. Right. Yeah. Those two weeks. So um, one of our, our VPs, uh, Jim Grishane will be organizing the presentation in conjunction with one of our coaches, uh, Dave Hardy and uh, the a representative of the Cancer Foundation comes out, and uh, we make it a we make it a really you know exciting 
um, presentation because you know it's something that that's uh, very heartfelt in uh, in the football community to do this. Sure, um, we want to do it right. And you know? it's always exciting when you can present a big giant novelty check. <laughs> that's right, eh? Yeah, it's good for yeah. the pictures. That's right. Um, there, uh, the next one uh, that came up was the uh, the attempted makeup game for the the game that was postponed in week four between the Raiders and the uh, Rebels. Yeah, that was really disappointing. We we had really so you know a bit of the backstory there. Um, I mean, it's it's come up in in prior podcasts, but um, we we did have a I guess a response plan for. Um, in the event that a, a team started to show cases of COVID. Um, so the, the Rebels, uh, they had a, a kid on, they reported a kid on, I think, the, the Friday or the Saturday, and it was, an, it was an isolated incident at that time. But by Tuesday or Wednesday, two other kids suddenly were, were at home. One was being tested, one was going for testing. And it was likely that they would also be presenting. And, you know, we consult with, uh, there's a, um, a medical uh, professional that's involved with, uh, he's with, involved with uh, NCAA program and with uh, Football Alberta. And um, he's, uh, he's aligned very closely with the Raiders team. And so we had a, a very good conversation and um, we laid out this response plan in conjunction with him. So we, we decided what we'd do is we'd postpone this game, um, with the hope that we'd make it up because the whole point being that we don't want to take a game away from a kid. If the kids, if we, uh, if we don't have to. So since that time, um, the, the fields that we, we've tried to get shoulders fields, um, they're just booked through with high school games. I mean, high school's back and, um, you know, they're, like like the the CBFA there, you know they're loving being back as well. So Shouldace was out. Um, we looked to uh, run the game in Airdrie, but there's no facility there that's that has lighted fields or lit fields, lighted or lit. <laughs> but uh, sorry, just kind of a funny word, right? Yeah. Um, the uh, so we saw that there'd be a safety issue really the the earliest we could get started would be eight or six o'clock um, in the hopes that we'd finish by seven thirty. But I mean, what are we sitting at? We're seven, almost seven thirty now. It's almost dark. Out. So that was out. And then the last, so we had a, we had a discussion with uh, Steve Kemp and Steve Charles and, you know, looking that we're, we're, in almost in the home stretch of the, the regular season, they both uh, they both decided that you know probably it's not the benefit of of running another game is probably not worth the the uh, the challenge of trying to get that put together. Um, so we decided just to implement our forfeit rule for it, um, and so that game will take place. Uh, the website has been updated <laughs> oh right on. Yeah. um and the the last one was just uh, back on the the covid thing which basically just boils down to um 
the city has mandated that uh, in indoor facilities must happen, as have the, the Flames organization, which controls uh, McMahon Stadium. Uh, so those ones, you'll need to have your uh, vaccination passport or whatever you want to call it, Andy. Uh, but we're good to go at Shoalice because it is outdoors. So, That's correct. Um, yeah. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add before we let you go there, Bill? Well, I just, I, I'll just reiterate, um, that the games this year, I think have been super exciting. I, I, I've watched a lot of the games. Um, one, one quarterback, we were talking about quarterbacks earlier and I'm going to throw out uh, Thomas McCassie. I knew this kid in, in Adam at the Bulldogs when, we were involved with that program and he was a, a very, uh, he was a small, uh, Adam, um, a very, I don't want to say the, uh, the wrong, describe him the wrong way, but I mean, you know, you have a young eight, eight or nine year old. He was a fairly timid player at that time. And, and, uh, and, uh, I mean, he's, he's turned into an incredible, uh, quarterback and that's under the tutelage of, uh, Glenn Verban. So I, I, I mean, that's another quarterback that I've, I've watched through this season. Uh, he's been playing remarkable. He, he got player of the game, I think, uh, just recently. And uh, this is, sorry, my phone's ringing. He, he got uh, player of the game just recently. But it was the only reason why it was delayed is, is, uh, is we knew eventually uh, the, the Bulldogs just have a, a bunch of great players on there. And we knew eventually we'd be a, um, uh, awarding the player of the game to him. And um, another, I guess, uh, uh, club very close to my heart that I want to plug is the uh, the Colts. The Colts have been struggling with, you know, injuries and absentee players. And Al Warren has done a fantastic job turning that, that club around. Oh, wow. Uh, um, Grant Pollock will be happy to know uh, how to pronounce Al's name. Well, I've been struggling with Warren. That's the way I'm going with it. <laughs> I don't know. Until he comes I've on really the podcast and tells us any years. different, we're going to go with Warren. All Warren. Right. But uh, he's uh, he's working on the culture at the, at the Colts. Uh, he's engaged off season. And interestingly, you know, um, the Eagles, you know, not so many years ago, the Eagles were just struggling, struggling for players, um, struggling to put points on the board. They were always in the bottom of the standings. And it, it kind of shows, um, you know, being engaged in your recruiting year-round, uh, being engaged with those kids and developing that culture, and then really keeping it simple. I, I, I would wager that if you looked at um, some of the more successful programs, playbooks, they have, they have a meat, a, a core meat and potato plays that they have perfected and they stick to those things. And cause that's what works for them. And uh, they don't, they don't get too fancy on their, on their play call. So, but that's it. That's what I got. I, well, I got lots more, but that's all I got today. <laughs> Well, excellent. Um, I'm sure uh, uh, Grant Pollock and Cole Fortner would love to have you on with us again. So um, 
yeah, keep an eye on the inbox. And uh, until then, we'll see you Saturday. That's fantastic, guys. I just want to I just want to also mention Daniel. So this is uh, Daniel's a SATE student that's uh, that that is volunteering his time, like like everybody in the in the league. And um, I think that he's come out of hockey, and so football was a, a new thing for him. And uh, I remember the first day that he was up in the announcers booth, I I uh, I was listening to him and you know, stumbling through a few of the, the terminology things and things like that. But I, I remember going up to him and, and I don't know if I gave him a hug. I should have given him a hug, but, you know, COVID. And just thanked him for, for coming out and being there because I, I just, uh, the, the enthusiasm and, the, and the, uh, uh, the effort that he's putting into it, 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 it just brings so much to the, the, the experience for the players and the, and the, the families. And, and even for us, directors you know like it's really fun and you know I don't know I don't know who's out there listening but it's a fun experience to watch some of these games and uh it's uh it's 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 a it's a wonderful community community excuse me so anyway that's it okay now I'm really done awesome (laughs) oh well Bill's got me all (laughs) blushing over here on this end over here (laughs) you should be you should be very uh proud of yourself so well, thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, I was, I, I, I as much as myself, as long, along with Michael as well, you know, we're both very fortunate enough to have be given this opportunity because, uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier with COVID and everything else, there hasn't been a lot of opportunity sports wise uh, since both myself and Michael as well, uh, since we started this program in, uh, in SAIT. And so, uh, you know, thank uh, thank you to uh, you know Richard Strobant as well. He was the one that uh, was in contact with Dan Peterson, and then I contacted Dan. And I'll never forget when I stepped into that booth, and they, and you know Dan was up there. He was mm-hmm. like, "Okay, here's the microphone. It's like Jeopardy. Yep. You just press the button, and then and then just just remember to have fun." And I, and as soon as he closed the door, and I'm like, "All right." Th- this is this is for real now. I'm I'm in this, and and you know, like you mentioned, I I come fresh from hockey, right? And uh, <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's as long as I don't say periods, and I gotta say quarters, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I know I slipped up once, and I said a period. I was like, the end of the third period, and I heard someone go, what, <laughs> from the crowd? So <laughs> that that's when that's when it was my biggest call. I was like, okay. I, I'm in football mindset now and, and everything else. And um, and Dan gave me some good advice too. And, and I would recommend it to Michael as well if he hasn't already. But just to listen to Grant's announcing and the way he does it, like when I before I even walked on the field, I could just hear him through the speakers in the back of the of Hillard. And I was like, they got somebody from like from the NFL here. Like who like this guy sounds like if you were to play a Madden video game, that's what he would sound like. It was one of the one of the main announcers. And I go up there and I shake Grant's hand and I'm like, nice to meet you. It's an honor. And I just watched him in his element. And he's just like, you know, just like the pros and like you would see on television. He has his pad out and he does more than just saying the names on the back of the jerseys and the numbers. You know, he, he tells a story when he announces. And if there's anyone that I would love to pick a brain about football, it would be Mr. Grant Pollock himself. Well, you guys, you guys chat up, you guys talk up uh, the CBFA with your, your schoolmates and, and um, 
see if there's anybody else up there for next season that may want to come down. We're always, we all will always welcome volunteers. And even if it's not a direct announcing, there's lots of, there's lots of opportunities to rotate people through. So not only that, but if we had enough announcers, we could have one do play by play and the other do color. <laughs> oh yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome? That, that, oh, that, would, that would be that, fantastic. That would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I know like, um, like there's a couple of people I know in radio because we're in three different majors. So there's television and there's BN, which me and Michael are in, which stands for broadcast news. And then there is uh, radio. And so I remember when in, in state there, when we got the opportunity to, and it got, of course, uh, due to COVID and whatever else, it got pulled for the men's hockey. There were six of us that uh, myself, Michael, and, our, and a few of our uh, cohorts had signed up for. And uh, I thought to myself, I said, man, if you guys want to commentate, come, come to the CBFA. They, they would love to have you. <laughs> and uh, even if you don't know much about football, you know, it's a good way to start up and study and, and, and you know, do your, do your homework on that regard. And it might just, like myself, you may just grow passion for it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I used to just tune in and watch just for Super Bowl and see who would be playing for the Super Bowl Sundays. And now, you know, I'm, you know, watching football on a regular now and it's, it's phenomenal. And it's something that I wish besides professional wrestling, which that's the first sport I was introduced to. And, uh, you know, from a broadcasting point of view, listening to guys like, you know, uh, like, you know, Vince McMahon before he started running the company when it was just his dad, Vince Sr. running it. And, you know, hearing guys like Jerry, Jerry the King Lawler, Jim Ross, you know, and Jim Ross, he's the voice of wrestling. Like he's the John Madden of professional wrestling, in my opinion. And um, <clears throat> I, I, I aspire to one day be a voice for a sport, whether that be football or for hockey or for whatever. Uh, and I'm sure you guys know uh, Mr. Alan Beasley. Everyone knows who that man is because for the 25 years he did Calgary Flames, everyone, like, he'll be walking up through the stadium and people will be like, that's Beasley. And just like, here's your Calgary Flames. And that, that you would just know that would be him. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he's he's yeah, got a and, very recognizable voice, too. He sure. does. And, and, and it took me a while for me to click in because I didn't know that was him until one day in class he was like, hold on a minute. And he leaves off camera and he comes over with a sign, like his whole Flames jersey was signed. And we're like, oh, it must be a big super fan. No, he he said, I'm the voice of the Calgary Flames. And yeah, that's that's a guy that, uh, you know, is a good person to pick a brain from. And uh, yeah, so I know I'm excited for the uh, for the season, for the season coming up here in the fall as the leaves start falling. So do the the heavy hitters on the field and mm, I'm excited. I can't wait to see the, how it all plays out. I, I just got a comment on something you said, Daniel. Um, you said, uh, you know, come on down. You might find a passion for it. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> what's, what's really interesting about football is anyone who, who puts a fair shot into football yeah, they, they never they never look back, and yeah, that's true. Yeah. it is it is so true. I mean, you know, look at at you know guys like well, like me, me and James. I mean, you know, we don't play. We we now don't have kids in the game, and and um, and then you look at people like you know Ron Logan or Fred Toon or Jim Crochane. I mean, these guys have been involved in football their entire lives, but it's the players. You look at the players. And you talk, you you go down and talk to some of these players, 
and they will tell you it's the greatest game. It is the greatest team sport ever. Yeah. And every single person on that field is accountable to each other. Each one of them has a job to do. And if, if anyone doesn't do their job, the team doesn't succeed. It is absolutely yeah. the most incredible bonding experience that anybody will have. And any, any athlete who, who gives football a fair shake will not leave football until they can't play anymore. That's true. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's really, that's the, uh, that, that is the passion. It's, it's a wonderful game. Right on. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. Well, um, I'm just going to, uh, run down the scores from last week and then update the, uh, the league standings. And, uh, and then we can have a, a look towards, uh, next week's, this week's matchups, week seven coming up. So, um, last weekend, the Mavericks beat the Stamps 36, 14. Um, the Lions beat the Chiefs 39, 14. Wildcats over the Hilltoppers 24 to 8. Bulldogs over the Rebels 47 nothing. Eagles over the Raiders 32 16. And the Cowboys beat the Colts 23 to 6. So the standings did not change after uh, week six. Cowboys are still on top of the Kentoon division. Kentoon uh, with 10 points, 5 and 1 record after six weeks. And in the Brock Jacobs division, the Foothills Eagles are uh the only remaining undefeated team uh 12 out of 12 points so coming up this week uh starting at 9 a.m or uh michael or daniel either you guys going to be at this game uh chiefs at the rebels um i believe i might be yes now that's going to be that might be the game of the week, guys. That, the Chiefs and the Rebels. That could be the game of the week. This is zero yeah. and six Chiefs versus zero and six Rebels. I think uh, uh, both teams are going to be out to try and get uh, what might be the only win available to either team this year. Yeah, and I, I'm going to give the Chiefs the edge here. Um, just looking at their stats, they've put up 64 points, which is phenomenal for the Chiefs against the Rebels 25. Um, I, I, I'm, uh, my pick on, on that game will be the Chiefs for sure, I think. I, I think that they, uh, they're hungry for it. They've, they've put a lot in over the years, and they, they're, they're due. They're due big time. Good stuff. And then uh, following that, uh, we've got Stampeders at the Hilltoppers. Three and three Stampeders, which is a bit of a surprise in itself, and uh, mm-hmm. the one and five Hilltoppers. That might actually be a, a, a hotly contested uh, game too. I agree with you, James. I think that'll be. You know what? If that that's going to be. You know, looking down the list here, these are going to be great games. I mean, the I think the the um, I, I, yeah, these are all going to be really, really good good games this week. Yeah, we'll have to. Uh see what the schedule maker was doing. Usually he doesn't get it this well balanced, does he? (laughs) (laughs) A little poke at Logie. Um, So, yeah, uh, the 4-2 Wildcats will take on the 5-1 Cowboys. Again, that's going to be a really good game. Uh, I'll give the the edge to the Cowboys on that one. 
That's going to be, yeah, that'll be close. Eh? Yeah. Um, See, yeah. You know, Greg, Greg, it's kind of like Greg and Greg and uh, Dave, they, it's like they haven't quite got things clicking because usually those two teams, the stamp, I'm, I'm talking about the Stampeders, you know, three and three. Right. Um, usually they're, they're a little more crisp. Um, and similarly with the Wildcats, they seem to be having, a, they, they seem to be having um, slow starts. And, um, but it's, it's good, you know, it's good to recognize the fact that things change drastically in a year, you know, from one year to the next. So. All right. Um, Eagles take on the Mavericks. 6-0 and Eagles against the 3-3 three and three Mavericks over on field eight at one o'clock. I think the Mavericks might be a good one with that one because they're coming off three straight wins. Yeah. I think they, uh, they'll give the Eagles a good run. Well, their line play, the Mavericks line play has become phenomenal. They got a, they got a tough guard number. I think it's number 56. And he is one tough kid. Like he is, he is stocky. He sets his feet. And, and when he, when, when he punches on a block, I mean, those, those guys just go like, like he makes room for his running back. So um, if they're li- if the Mavericks line is on, they'll have, they'll, they'll I'm, I bet you they'll have some success up the middle. Yeah, I agree with that. 56. That's, I think it's 56. I, I might be wrong. That's, you know, I get my, he was the I get player my of the numbers, week. I get the last times week. and the dates and the kids' names and everything else wrong, but I think it's 56. Yeah. yeah last week, uh, he was the player of the game, Giuseppe okay. Cuccinello. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cole was having trouble with his name. So I had to, I, I hope I'm saying it right too. But nobody's emailed me yet. So I'm going to go with it. Yeah, number fifty-six. That's the kid that I was. I saw, and and boy, he he makes an impact on that O line of the Mavericks. Yeah, so. yeah, that was a well-deserved Player of the Game award that day. Um, and then three o'clock games uh, over at Hellard. There's the the Colts one and five Colts versus the four and two Lions. Um, I think the Colts might keep that one a lot closer than than one might be led to believe by the records. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that you know, interesting with with um, the Lions. You know, Mike, Mike Dangerfield is leading the Lions program, and um, boy, they had they came out of the the gates like gangbusters. And just watching them over the last couple of games, it's I don't know whether the the kids have gotten overconfident with their their initial win and success, um, or if they're trying to maybe get too complicated with stuff. But but um, they, they don't seem to be at the same level that they were in their first two games. So, yeah, that might be a really, really interesting game to watch as well. They're on Heller Day, so that'll, right. be, that'll be a good game for sure. And then uh, over on Field 8, 3 o'clock, uh, the Raiders at 5-1 and one taking on the Bulldogs 4-2. and two. Again, yeah. that is going to be a dandy. That, that will be. That's going to be another one. That, that's going to be a fantastic game too. You know what? Like pick a, pick a game of the week. Like any one of these games could, could is going to be a battle this week. Oh yeah. That's right. Especially I, I think for sure for the, 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 the chiefs game, that's going to be in my top pick for the game of the week for that, for that day. All right. 
Michael, um, are you going to be uh, calling any of these games this week? Yes, I will be on field eight all day on Saturday. Oh, awesome. So uh, you get the Eagles-Mavericks game and Raiders-Bulldogs. Yes, very excited about both of those. Um, like I said earlier, I believe the Mavericks will put up a good good fight against the Eagles. Um, but even looking at the Raiders-Bulldogs game, I think that's another one that could be a potential game of the week uh, just because you got the Bulldogs coming off a shutout win the week before. And you got the Raiders coming off a tough loss against the Eagles. So I could see the Raiders kind of being fired up, getting their first loss of the season kind of under their belt. They can kind of move on and kind of take take that in stride. And you got the Bulldogs coming off a shutout, which sometimes, um, at least from sports I've played, sometimes when you have blowout games, you get a little lax in your uh, focus. So I think that'll be a good rebound game for them uh, to just to kind of stay focused for the remainder of the season. Right on. Well, um, you can watch your inbox too. We'll be uh, inviting you back next week so you can give us a rundown on both of those matchups. For sure. I'd love that. Right on. And uh, Daniel, uh, you're going to be at Hellard this week? I am. I'm going to be at Hellard. For all four matchups? All all four matchups. Yeah, oh, all day. <laughs> yeah. You are a machine. Yeah, you're hardcore. <laughs> so yeah we'll definitely have you back next week as well and uh yeah we'll uh we'll go over uh all of the the action as we saw it i really appreciate you having me on james it's been an, a lot of fun and uh um if you ever need to take up some airspace again just let me know and i'll come in and uh talk 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 awesome <laughs> right on <laughs> well thanks for joining us tonight bill um really appreciate having you on and getting all of the uh the insight into the inner workings of the cbfa uh thanks again to michael and daniel for coming out and joining us tonight as our irregular shoulders park uh announcers um we'll be doing another irregular cbfa podcast next week so uh until then um, enjoy the uh, the games this Saturday, gentlemen, and uh, we'll see you at the park.